0: Welcome to the Natural health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. Natural health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for French sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Dr. Robert Siprin. Dr. Robert is a doctor of chiropractic and a diplomat of the International College of Applied Kinesiology, as well as a board certified teacher for the ICAK. He's also the author of Heal Profoundly. He grew up on the rough streets of Queens, New York, where he dropped out of high school to become a graffiti artist and a member of a violent street gang. As a member, Dr. Robert was stabbed and shot a dozen of times. Had his teeth knocked out, head split open and is lucky to be alive today. Dr. Roberts seemed destined to achieve little in life until he decided to seek more out of it. He joined medical school to learn better ways to treat his medical problems and has been studying various healing, energetic and spiritual modalities for the last 25 plus years. Some interesting facts or hobbies of Dr. Robert's art, that he absolutely loves arts. I mean, as a previous graffiti artist, but now he just does it legally. (laughs) He loves reading, and he also is very proud of one of his lifetime achievements of being invited to the U.S. Secretary Service Headquarters in Washington, D.C. to lecture on reducing the effects of stress on the body. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Dr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's an honor for me to be here with you. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on here. Wow, what a history, what a past. Um, I went for a walk this morning and I was thinking and I was like, how blessed am I to be able to connect to such absolutely amazing individuals? And I'm so excited to hear about your story. So tell me a little bit about this gang graffiti history of yours.
1: You know, um, I was just talking to somebody today about how my life just kind of also just feels like blah. and I got to realize wait, do I realize what I've been through? My life is not ordinary, but to me, it feels ordinary. To me, it's just the only life I know. But yeah, I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, My father was involved in some organized crime when I was growing up, and I had that element around me always. When I got to about uh, junior high school, high school, I got involved with people who were just in my neighborhood, who I grew up as normal friends from younger ages who got into crimes and vandalism and drug dealing and violence and all this stuff and it's just the way that it was back then and also back then in New York City in the 1980s and 90s graffiti was a big thing and I got very much into that I really got into the creative and art side of that but there's a lot of danger to that also it's really the only art form that um, was so popular that people would go risk their lives for on a regular basis just to go and do it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to risk your life for um art. But I mean it's absolutely beautiful, isn't it? Um and 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 your history is just it's it's breathtaking to for you to be like, you know what, it's just normal to me. But for someone else to hear it, it's like, wow, okay. So you had your teeth punched in, your head split open, um, and now you're helping people heal.
1: Yeah, I um I was always very sensitive, even as a young child. I was very intuitive. I had a lot of spiritual experience as a child, out-of-body experiences, um, travels into different realms. And I never realized until I got older, reflected on these things that, wow, that's really weird stuff. That's really uncommon. And I got um, pretty much pushed out of the life that I had in Queens, New York with all this violence and gang stuff. I got pushed out of it pretty much by universe, by the spirit, pushing me to become a doctor. So I said, okay, I'm going to become like a sports medicine doctor. I'll work on football players or something. That's a, that's kind of a macho testosterone driven thing, I think for myself. So I left New York for Los Angeles to go to school. And as soon as I started the chiropractic medical school, I got severely ill and, um, The universe really drove me to find whatever would help me because the standard medicine wouldn't help me. So I had to really search and search. And that's how I got into more of the holistic medicine and eventually the energetics and spiritualism and shamanism. It was to help what I was presented with as a gift, which is my different illnesses I had.
0: Yeah. Let's go back to that turning point uh, where I guess you were on the streets, um, graffiting and so forth. And then you said you had a spiritual experience or the universe led you. What was that? Was that a dream? Was it a, a realization? Was it a knockout? I always wonder for people, what was that for you?
1: It was continuous different things and it was just kind of building up pressure. So I would lay awake at night, just playing over my head violence that I've witnessed, or me being the victim of violence. Me waking up at any little noise in the house, and you know, having to grab a gun or something like that. Um, then one day, um, somebody did show up. A um, a being showed up around me and my friends, where you know everyone was getting high and play fighting and stuff like this. And this this person just walked around the corner and started lecturing us all. And we all just kind of stopped and we're wondering who is this person sitting talking to us? And they were dressed as a uh, spiritual person, like in the collar, like a, like a father, a priest and everything. And he's talking to us for a minute. He looks me right in the eye and points to me and says, and we got to change what's going on in our lives or else we don't know what will happen to us or something like that. And then went right through me. And, he looked at office again and just walked away, walked away, walked around the corner. And all my friends just started laughing. They go, what the heck was that? Who was that? But I was very curious. I looked around the corner to see where this guy was going. And I turned the corner, there's nobody there. So literally it started getting more and more intense. Um, then I'd meet people at work and they'd offer me a spiritual book to read. And I read like, you know, first things kind of um, really get me interested in spirituality and energy. Then within six months, um, things really started crashing down. Then six months, I got fired from my job. My girlfriend dumped me and my father was killed. So I just was like, I'm getting out of New York City and I'm moving somewhere else. I'll go to Los Angeles. I'll start medical school out there. So I was the first one ever in my family to become a professional, but I just had to leave because the pressure got so high. So I just left. And then I moved to Los Angeles and you know, I know a few gang members out there, so I started hanging out with them and almost got in a lot of trouble again. I'm like, okay, I will stop hanging out with these people. I will focus on school and healing and all that. So
0: Yeah, wow, it's so interesting. And as you were telling that story, like you said, someone came. Uh, I got goosebumps all over my body, so that was that. That's absolutely crazy. And that individual was talking to—I'm not too sure how many. Well, there were like ten of you, let's say. And it was you that picked up that message and took something and did something with it, right? Uh, which led you to now uh, be a qualified doctor and a professional. Uh, like you said, the first one um, out of your family, which is absolutely profound and amazing. So I think it, it's sometimes we forget how far we have come. So you've come. Very, very far. <laughs> um, absolutely. To me, it, it almost feels like I didn't have a choice. Like, yes. if, I, if I, whenever
1: I come upon an obstacle, I have two choices go above the o- uh, obstacle, take a higher path, or stay with that obstacle. And, you know, at that point, my life could have ended or wind up in jail or something like that. But I always learn when something big shows up in my life that could be very negative for some people, or some people just see it as a big block in life. I get excited because I know there's a choice to make here. And I always make sure I make the higher choice now.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an absolutely amazing way to view it. I love it. And it's interesting you say that you don't have a choice. And I bet you a lot of people listening to this, even myself, are like, we remember that time that something happened and we didn't have a choice. It fell onto our lap and we just had to go with it. And it was like, oh, but that wasn't my plan. My life was meant to go that way. (laughs) Um, It's not meant to go that way, but it gets landed on our lap. And that's the way, um, you know, we are taken, which is amazing. And you went with it. Um, Before we go into today's topic and a lot more information and questions about how you heal and so forth i want to know a little bit more about what you define as optimal health and what you define as success now because it would have been different um dr you know robert back um in the days to robert now is totally different view of success and optimal health what is that now to me optimal
1: health is being resilient um Say you're walking through a field, you step on the grass. If it's good, nice, healthy grass, it should just kind of come back up again eventually, right? That's the way we should be healthy-wise. We should be resilient to the stresses in our lives. Stresses in our lives are physical stresses. We can knock our back out of place, get a shoulder injury, um, twist our ankle. It could be biochemical. We could have stress patterns in the body that go out the biochemistry, hormone imbalances, neuro. Um, um, transmitter imbalances, we have all these biochemical imbalances that could be put out from certain stresses. Mental, emotional, too. We could have a really stressed day. We could have really bad past post-traumatic stress syndromes. And also energetics. Like right now I'm around all this lights, computers and everything. But when I walk away from this, my body should rebound back to normal because I'm exposed to these electromagnetics. So to me, optimal health is being resilient for your body to be able to go back to its what we call homeostasis or natural acting um, center point when you're under these stresses. Now, the problem is when you're under these stresses and your body can't go back, that's when you run into trouble.
0: Mm, I love that definition. And it's so true. Uh, I always say our body is made to bounce back. Our body knows what to do. Uh, let it do its thing, you know? Um, and how do you define success? What does success look like in your life now?
1: Success for me is to use your God-giving gifts, to use your talents, those things that you know you're better at than anyone else that just come naturally to you, and to use them in a way to help people and help the world, but also to have enough time for yourself to also live your own life and to have your own growth, to me, that's success. Success is a balance in life. It's not always about the money and the full bank account and the car and the boat and the house. Success is about are you happy, number one, doing what you're doing and with the time that you have in life.
0: Yeah, I love that. absolutely love that. Doing things that make you happy, making memories with your friends, family, and loved ones around you. Um, is absolutely key. And a lot of us forget to do that because we're so, uh, especially healers and doctors and so forth, we're so to help others and we're so drenched into that, that sometimes we forget, hey, we should go for a walk on the beach by ourselves to re-energize, right? Um, That's exactly
1: yeah. me. I got to make sure <laughs> I live a few blocks on the beach, but I don't always go. I'm like. Bobby, you have to start going at least twice a week and just walk on the beach. So I got to force myself to do it because I get in my loops. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, especially the grounding, you know, all about that. So I hope after this uh, podcast, you're going to go to the beach for a little bit of a walk. Hey,
1: <laughs> it, It'll be nighttime, but that would still be nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. Awesome. Well, let's talk about today's topic from gang member to doctor, how limiting beliefs hold you back. Such an interesting topic. Give us the 101 on limiting beliefs. What are they? We hear them everywhere. We hear them on podcasts. We read them on blogs or social media, but what are limiting beliefs?
1: Limiting beliefs beliefs are just feeling that you can't do that for some reason Um, or that, oh, I've tried that. I failed. Anything's possible. Anything is possible for anybody. I don't care if you're man, woman, you're white, you're minority, you're young, you're old, you're smart, you have some mental deficiencies. Anything is possible if a person's mind is just focused at that. This not only controls your whole body, this controls everything you attract in life. Now, you may not be able to do the things that you want to do the same way as others, but everyone's an individual anyway. So you might be doing it in different ways than others. Um, when I realized I want to be a doctor, I'm actually not that smart. Like for me to be like a surgeon or getting into these other types of highly educated kind of medical type things, I, I can never do that. But I'm very, very conceptual. I'm very intuitive. So that's why I became more of a natural doctor, working with chiropractic and stuff like that. Um, I could just look sometimes at someone's vitals and kind of read into it more what's going on just by connecting people with that. So for me, I got into something that was a little bit more right brain for me for being uh, a doctor and helping people. And my mind, it, it didn't know it could do this, but I had a few things in my early life that showed me, oh, this is possible. So I had a few gifts. Um, number one was one of my friends who was just like this bartender guy and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be leaving in a few months. I'm like, where are you going? Oh, I'm moving to Texas. I'm going to chiropractic medical school. I'm like, you're doing what? Like, I didn't know any of my friends could be a doctor. How could you be a doctor? You know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't within my realm of possibility since he was going to do it. I realized I could do it, you know? So he opened my awareness to that's possible. And I never knew how that was going to happen. I didn't have anyone else in my family that was a professional, But I just set my mind to it and things just kept coming in the place. And I kept figuring out things step by step of how to do it.
0: Yeah. And I like how you started that, that anything is possible. um, And we are the ones that limit our beliefs. But my question is, is how, how do they develop? Uh, Is it a lot of people say, you know, it develops in childhood. Some people say it develops because of your genetics. How do these limiting beliefs come upon us?
1: Yes, you're right. It happens in life as the stuff that we pick up through life. It happens from our programming in school and from TV and society and friends and family. Uh, It also happens genetic wise. We through several generations through our DNA, we have certain programs that play in our subconscious and help guide us of this is the way it is. So it's up to us to really figure out. What do we feel is holding us back? and to really take list of those things, take inventory and start working on those and breaking through those and feeling comfortable that that is not a block in my life anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. So would we be able to have the same limiting beliefs as our parents?
1: Yes, but we also get our own because of our experiences in school and growing up and the generation we're in. And, you know, now we have different things with social media and different TV and all that stuff. We're back then for our parents. It was like TV and radio. So we every generation comes upon new um, programming in their life. Hmm. We, we are a supercomputer. We're programmed by everything. You just walk down the street, you see an ad on something, it programs you. And they know that they use Um, all this subliminal program to get us to feel insecure, to buy something, to get to do something. So they make us react by actually giving us insecurities so that we feel we need something we really might not need.
0: So you're saying that social media, TV, radio gives us insecurities so they can be the hero and provide us with a product or service to solve that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a lot of people take it a step further and say, all these things are created to control us. Hmm, you know, that's an to, interesting to, to, one. To shrink down our mind so that we're not too expansive, so we're not too creative, so um that we don't get, you know, um so empowered where we don't need the powers that be anymore. And that's a threat to the powers that be.
0: Mm. So what would happen if we were so creative and if we were so um, didn't have these insecurities and limiting beliefs? What would happen to us?
1: Well, people wouldn't be, you know, looking to bigger structures like government and stuff like that to take care of them. Um, And then when we don't need those types of structures in our life, we're free. You know, we could just figure things out day by day, moment by moment what we need. We won't be needing um, the big machine of the medical institution. Now, we do need modern medicine, but we don't need it the way that being dealt to us. Um, We wouldn't need um, some of these jobs that people do that kind of just, or, 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 or a lot of it's kind of just like meaning, uh, meaningless slave work. We just do like little things over and over again. And we're in our little cubicle and we get three weeks off a year. We think that's the best thing ever. Um, we get two days off every week and go back to work on a Monday. And that is really just controlling people. Meanwhile, people could be using their gifts and talents to, help people in the world and help everybody grow. And then we'd have more freedom and joy in our life too. And that's dangerous because there's no way to control people that have that freedom in their life.
0: Yes, 100%. And I guess Getting that's very what,
1: philosophical here, but, you
0: know. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And I'm sure the audience will love it too. Um, and I was saying that's why a lot of people, well, I know a lot of people here uh, throughout uh, everything that's happened in the last few years, they've switched off the TV, they've switched mm-hmm. off the radio, and they've decided, you know what, I'm going to go on a certain platform and I'm going to type in what I want to listen to. I'm going to yeah. type in what I'm interested in. Um, and, yeah, it's those people, it's it, – you said you you were right when you said that they have become more free um, and more and more have, you know, quit their jobs or all got fired, but that was a good thing for them. And then moved on to something that they actually loved and wanted to do and teach people and help society. Um, So I love that aspect that you're talking about the whole flow of being free.
1: It's it's a beautiful thing. And you know, if you go somewhere and you come a, upon a distant tribe somewhere that doesn't have much contact with society, you look at them and they're 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 happy. They don't need anything else. They have everything they need because they haven't been exposed to society to make all these structures that make them need more things. You know, mm-hmm. so you look at simplicity of life and it's a beautiful thing. And a lot of us are trying to get back to that right now.
0: Yeah. And going back to what you said about, you know, our limiting beliefs or even just our beliefs and values being put into what we've been through, school, life, genetics and so forth. Um, We've been programmed, if you want to use that word, to do these things uh, that the average American, the average Australian should do at a certain age. Um, And if we don't fall into that, we kind of get excluded from society in a sense, isn't it? And that's something that us humans don't like.
1: Oh yeah, because we are social beings, and um, if you look at anthropology about how the tribal structure work, if an individual is pushed out tried this outside the tribal structure, it means you're pretty much going to die. So that is terrifying to humans because of the way that we're we just are socially. If we're pushed outside of our social circle, it's a huge threat to us. Even in modern society, we don't have that threat, but. It, it 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 it's it, it really hits home on a subconscious level with humans so it is a big deal
0: yeah it's a huge deal and i can imagine people thinking about back at school when they didn't get picked for that team or you know they didn't get picked for something and they were excluded and how that felt um and not a, it's not the nicest thing to feel so going back to beliefs and limiting beliefs. So now that we've programmed them uh, throughout our childhood and now media has stepped in, you know, we're a teenager. Now we're in our twenties, thirties. So we are stuck with these beliefs or we believe we are stuck with them. What happens when we go, wow, like I guess one of the first steps is to be like, wow, I have limiting beliefs. What what happens then? Is that concreted in? Are those beliefs stuck in our head and that's it? Uh, is it like 90% stuck, 10% we can change? Can you enlighten us a little bit about that?
1: They're, they're stuck there unless we do the work. And some people go through their whole life knowing, hey, they got problems A, B, and C, and they just live life that way, you know? But you don't have to. Well, the number one thing is you have awareness of these things, just self-awareness is the first part to healing it because you can't heal anything you don't you're not aware of. Okay, so as soon as you're aware, a lot of people they they have a crisis that they're they realize that oh I can't do this I feel that's not happening every time I try to do this the same old thing happens they have a crisis and I'll tell them this is good you know what your block is you know what your problem is you it's right in front of you. Um, once I was working at this spiritual teacher, when the whole pandemic started, and she was doing um, work on Zoom with like 120 people, and she's just having us meditate and focus on areas in our body. And I had the worst time. Like if it was years ago and I didn't know what I know, I would have never did her class again. All these negative blocks just came up in my face, negative block, negative block. And I was blown away. And right after the class ended, I booked a private appointment with this spiritual teacher. So I'm like, they are showing me my problems. Wow, I got to work more with them. But, you know, back then I would be like, oh, this is depressing. This is awful. I felt worse after I did their class than before. But I realized that was such a gift because I got those things out of the way.
0: Yeah. And not many people will see it like that. It's interesting that you said that, that, you know, because she or the whole class brought out your blockages, you're like, okay, I'm aware, which is the first thing that you said, now that I'm aware that they're coming up, I'm going to dig deeper and learn from her and be able to, I guess, unblock them in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, now I'm at the point in life where something negative comes up. I get excited because I get to get it out. I, 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 you know, I can imagine if there's some demons in me or whatever, and they do something, I get excited. They're like, what's with this guy? He's glad that we got these problems because, yeah, because I'm going to get them out now. You know what I mean? I
0: love that. Um, I love that.
1: But but there's some really simple and profound ways that people could do this. There's a lot of complex ways. I mean, I work with people on many, many different levels to help them through these things. But there's some really simple ways if you want to discuss that really quick. Yeah, let's go for it. Sure. So, the simplest thing um, I recommend to people to get through some of this, there's a great book out there called um, Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender. It's by David R. Hawkins, MD, PhD. And the book goes through some very simple processes I'll describe. Number one, if you visualize yourself, like, say, you know, you want to do something, be something, have something in your life. Try to feel yourself and visualize yourself doing it. Does it feel like you could do it or no? If you feel like, oh, I feel I can never do that, just feel that feeling. Sit with that feeling and, and feel it as much as you can. Actually welcome that negative feeling or that block feeling. Feel it as much as you can. Feel where is it in your body? Is it in your chest, in your throat? Is it in your gut? Like, where is it? Just really feel it and be aware of it and then put your other senses on it. Like, okay, does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Does it have a smell, a taste? And let yourself just sit with these feelings as much as you can. And even if it makes you shake and upset and cry or scream, feel it. And you will notice it will start melting and dissipating because you're processing something that's hidden with inside of you. You're processing something that was in your subconscious until you just brought it up consciously. But when you bring it up consciously and you focus on it, you will dissolve this. And then once you feel it's really, really like maybe like only 20% left, 10% left, or maybe totally gone, feel what do I want to replace it with? I want to replace it with success or freedom or joy or whatever the thing is that you want to get. Feel that fill up in your body and notice a color to it, maybe a nice, bright, beautiful color, notice a shape to it, and just feel that and have gratitude for that in your body, that new energy, and try to just be aware of that new energy in your body. Now, you might have to do this many different layers and over and over again, but that is the basics of just kind of doing um, some self-work on yourself. I was once in a very, very dark place, And, um, I was just really stuck in life. I started doing this work every single time I felt something negative several times a day, all day long. I would just start doing this work and pushing out, pushing out, pushing out within probably two months, my whole life changed.
0: Wow. That's crazy. It's interesting. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about a few things and I was like, oh, feeling sick. (laughs) I was like, and, feel it in my throat. I can feel it in my throat. Swallow, swallow. This, this, this works
1: also with health issues. You can feel a pain in your body, a disruption in your body. And you could focus on that pain or disruption. You could heal parts of your body this way too. So it's not only with, you know, using the mind for goals you have in life, but it could be with your physical well-being also, or just, you know, someone has anxiety, depression, focus on that. So you can use it for all these different things.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you know, some people might be listening and being like, but Dr. Robert, this is all a bit, you know, woo-woo for me. Like is like how can I bring it back to logical and realistic and uh, facts driven or does this have to be on a different level for me to understand to be able to heal?
1: Well, if you've never been able to change what you have going on, you got to try something different. Because if you try the same thing over and over again, that's just defined as insanity.
0: 100%. I have people
1: over the 22 years or so I've been working. I've had people come to me who've been to several other doctors, several other types of people, even other people in the natural holistic field. And they come to me and we work on a couple of things and it starts moving. And I ask them, well, oh, do you, they ever work with your emotions or energy or stuff like that? Like, no, no, never. They put me on all sorts of good homeopathy and flower essences and herbs and exercise and dietary changes and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, we're going to do things a little bit differently. And it's great because those people have all the other stuff down. They know how to take care of themselves on a more physical sense, which I'm good at too. But the biggest people that, The biggest thing that people miss is the mind and kind of, you know, what they call um, the soul is what connects you to spirit. That's the interface of the mind with your whole spiritual aspect, too. Those are the things that people don't really know about or they don't know how they know about it, but they just maybe just do some yoga or something like that. They don't know how to really work with it um, in, in 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 a functional way.
0: Yeah. It sounds like uh, the way that you approach thing is holistically, right? So what does the word holistic mean to you?
1: Holistic means looking at everything within that person's world or universe and see what's causing the problem. Now that means medical too. That means they might need medical procedure. They might need to be put on some meds. They might need to be looked at and have some tests run that is part of holistic i, I of my career i've sent people to the ER room or to get on different hormones for different things or an antibiotics because that's part of being holistic the holistic is also looking at the physical body the biochemical body mental emotional as well as the spiritual aspect of your body too like i even go in and do some shamanism at times and see if there is some big spiritual wounds that they need healing or sometimes we literally have to do exorcisms on people and pull darker energies off of them.
0: Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Um, Before we get into a few examples that you can provide us with, because eventually the audience is so interested as to your work and like some examples and things that happen, I had a look at your website and uh, I looked at the major factors of well-being and I found this beautiful triangle, pyramid, as you would say, that has like structure, philosophy, energetic, mental, emotional will. Can we... Dig into these a little bit? Sure.
1: Um, I just had this idea one day of what health and well being is about. So, if you take a pyramid, a pyramid has four sides at the base Um, one's a structure, your structural well being, one's a biochemistry. Like, maybe the, the so biochemistry is two different things. It's if you're missing anything your body needs, like nutrients or minerals or different types of foods, or if it's too much of something, you're toxic and there's too much of it. So, both of those are biochemistry, either too little or too much. There's also the mental emotional aspect. So, the mind and the past emotions. And there's also electromagnetics the acupuncture meridians the chakras the aura and also the electromagnetic pollution that we get from just being in modern life those are the four um foundational sides of the pyramid and if you take all four of those sides up to the peak of the pyramid that's what holds all those in balance that's your willpower that's saying i am going to make a change i'm going to do this in my life that in your life Um, that the people I really cannot get well are the ones who lost their will or the ones who do not want to change something in their life. Those are the ones I really cannot help because that willpower guides all the other four. And sometimes it takes some coaching and sometimes you can get people to kind of wake up and make that change and realize life can get better. So sometimes
0: that happens too. So this will, is that how do people get this will and how do people lose it? We all have our will
1: as a little. If you ever had a little two-year-old running around and wants to do whatever they want to do, that is willpower. The thing is, what do we do to that two-year-old? No, stop. No, sit down. No, be quiet. No, you're bad. No, don't do that. We break down a two-year-old willpower. Now, it has to be done a little bit. There's an art to it, right? It's like you have, you can't have a child with a huge ego. Like they will, you know, be a megalomaniac. They'll they'll do whatever they want in the world but you have to honor someone's will. You know, if somebody's little kid says, Oh, I want to be a dancer. Sure. Like that's their will. Okay. Let's get you into dance and let's get you there several times a week. And you got a problem with something. Let's get you help with it. If somebody wants to become a musician, all right, what instrument do you want to play and guide them to do that? That's the willpower. It's something driving them to create something in their life. And now you know, to be healthy, we need willpower to exercise. We need willpower to eat, right? We need willpower to willpower to meditate. Sometimes you need a lot of willpower to actually stick with our relationships through the rough spots too. That's the willpower.
0: Yeah. And, and it sounds like a lot of people – have lost the willpower because they say, oh, I just don't want to get up and exercise. I just don't want to eat healthy. I'll just put on the TV and I'll just sit and I won't do anything. Um, This this stuff
1: ruins the willpower too. Just, oh, I can look at a million different things on my phone or on TV or on a computer. I could escape what my problems are so your willpower is no more focused. You lost your focus.
0: Yeah, I like that word that you said. We can easily escape what is in our head and what I guess our um, limiting beliefs are and what's happening in our body. We can easily escape that these days. So then there's the willpower of not escaping it and actually addressing it.
1: Yeah, this is why some people go on these spiritual retreats for 10 days where they don't talk because you realize what's important again. You know, you're you're off of computer and social media. You're even off of talking and you gotta sit there with yourself and you realize again after all that stuff melts away, all those little wants and addictions that uh, what's really important to you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, sitting there for 10 days or however long is definitely going to wake up a few people and hopefully yeah, bring or, back or even if app. you
1: just even if you just meditate at home 10 minutes a day, too. Yeah. You know, if you do that daily 10 minutes a day. That's huge. Cause again, little by little, you're just, Mm. you're getting back to really who is this and what is this inside of me and what's my purpose?
0: Yeah. So what do we actually need in life? Like you've mentioned a few things like uh, back in a, if you go to those tribes who don't have much and then you realize what happiness is and simplicity and so forth, what do we as humans actually need to fulfill our life, to be happy and healthy?
1: Um, I feel we need purpose. Really, I, I believe that each one of us is given a gift by the universe, the creator, God, whatever you want to call it. We're each given very specific gifts. We're all immensely important. We're all a little piece of this greater thing, and we're all very much needed. I feel that If you don't use that gift, those purposes, I feel you just kind of dwindle and you lose your power in life and you become unhappy and your life starts falling apart. I feel if you jump into that purpose, boom, amazing things happen. You're just happy you know, because you're fulfilling your role and then everything else comes to join you with that and everything comes into your life. And I don't care if you live in the center of a busy city somewhere. I don't care if you live out in the country somewhere. I don't care if you're part of a tribe that never really has had any in touch with civilization. We all have these gifts and purposes, no matter where we are. It's just our humanness. And to really embrace that and, 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 and follow
0: um, where that leads us, I think is the most important thing in life. I think the key word that you said that is following that. Um, and I think following it with full belief and trust that will get you where it's meant to get you.
1: Yeah. Cause I thought I was going to do sports medicine on football players. I, I I was like, I'm changing my whole life for this. And as I got there, things kept changing and changing. And, you know, I didn't know I'd be doing what I'm doing today, even, five years ago or two years ago. Like my whole life has just changed in the past couple of years also.
0: Yeah. Wow. So Dr. Robert, give us a bit of an insight of what you do. So someone was going to come to you, what would happen? Uh, Would they, yeah, give us a bit of an insight because the audience must be interested and be like, okay, so if I have several limiting beliefs or if I want my willpower back or if I want to get healthy and happy again, i will come and see you. But what is the process? What would happen? Yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of times people don't know why they're coming to me. They'll say,
1: oh, I have these digestive problems. I have this back pain. Um, and then they fill out their questionnaire and I look it over and I start talking with them. And then as I'm talking with them, so when this back pain started, oh, it started in my 20s. Okay. What else happened in your 20s? Oh, um, I got divorced and had to move. And oh, okay. All right. All right. So tell me about that relationship. Oh, it was abusive or neglective or whatever. And then, okay, tell me how, how was life with your parents growing up? Oh, they had issues too, you know, I, I, they give me a problem and it's not always, people don't know what the really core of their problem is. I got to find the core of what's going on. Because most people don't just come, well, some people do come to me right off the bat because they someone said, oh, go see Dr. Robert. But some people come to me because they've been through so many different avenues trying to work on something in life or heal life, or even if it's success in life financially or relationship or whatever. They've been to so many other people and they're just like, oh, every relationship I'm in, I sabotage it. And I want to change that. Okay, well, tell me what happens. And well, what was your parents' relationship like? And, And they might not even know what's going on, but as we start tracing out what's going on, we get a few big key events in their life that we have to start working on and taking their energy back to those times and healing the energy back then. And like I said... This could um, be a physical thing. I mean, I help a lot of people with physical issues. It could be biochemical. It could be mental, emotional. It could be energetic. Um, But a lot of times we find something that's some huge key issues that people have no clue about. And then they have a big aha moment and their whole life starts changing. You know, of course, we work to get some of these things out. I might also recommend some different, you know, nutrients or homeopathies or dietary changes, exercise changes, or to start different habits or end habits in their life. Um, Cause I do look at people holistically and I've done all that stuff for years. I taught for nutrition companies and I've studied all sorts of athletic type function and stuff like this too. And that's all very important. It just depends what's going on. But for me, the longer I work, I find more and more and more comes from the mental, emotional aspect. And from that also the spiritual um, that is some of the biggest stuff. And from there we work on them. I'll work with some maybe energetic things with them, help them release what's in person. I'll work on their physical body a little bit, help them release and maybe see them in a few weeks and be like, all right, how are you feeling the past few weeks? Oh, I feel the same, or I feel better. or I feel worse. Okay. Just take it from there and see, uh, again, checking them out and see where their energies are and what organs are balanced and imbalanced. We just check that through the acupuncture meridians and Again, just take it from there. And it's just a step-by-step process. Some people feel better, boom, like the day I work on them. Some people can take a couple months. Everybody's different.
0: Yeah, 100%. And have you noticed that it's easier to start off working on maybe the physical or maybe the emotional or mental? Is there a, a consistent pattern that you've noticed that it's easier to start at a certain point for some people?
1: Really no, it just depends. You know, it's the beautiful thing is we are so individual. Each and every one of us, we are totally different. The biggest headache in life is that we're so individual, and everyone's different. So that's (laughs) why a lot of times there's not a cookbook cure. Oh, if everyone does this, that problem gets well. That really doesn't exist. Um. So we got to look at each person individually. I mean, people might have digestive issues and one person might be eating something that, yeah, their body just cannot handle. Some people, it might be the stress level. Some people, their diaphragm might be stuck around their stomach. Some people, their ankle might be out of place blocking their stomach meridian. And some mm-hmm. people, it might be a stomach emotion relating to slow self-esteem that shuts up their stomach. So you never know what it's going to be. Like If you take 10 people with migraines, there might be seven different reasons those 10 people have migraines.
0: Yeah, 100%. And have you noticed that uh, a bigger shift occurs when you work on certain things? Like, for example, what has the biggest change? I think you mentioned a spiritual, mental, and emotional. Is that where you get the most push and the biggest change?
1: When people realize, when people take charge in their life and really shift their minds, that's the biggest change. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, someone has a really bad, horrendous problem. And I was talking on the phone for me a few minutes and they're feeling better about it already. And I'm like, Oh, do you want to make an appointment? Like, Oh, I think I'm okay now already. I'm like, okay, good. Wow. To me, that's beautiful when that happens. Um, like I said before, our mind controls everything. Now sometimes, yeah, we do need some help from different angles at once. Sometimes we do need, the shoulder put back in place or we do need the anti-inflammatory type products for our body, or we do need to take maybe the gluten out of our, our diet or maybe some other things that people aren't really as sensitive to. Like, you know, some people have to take kale out of their diet. Like what kale is healthy. What do you mean take kale out of your diet? Some people get allergic to kale and they have to take it out of their diet. It's just, you never know. You have to just look individually and see what's going on.
0: Yeah. I love that a hundred percent. So, look, what tips would you give um, Dr. Robert to the guests, to to everyone listening to this podcast to help them align themselves on all of those four bases that you spoke about on the pyramid? Um, I know it's a big question. You could probably talk about it for hours, but would there be maybe three or something tips or health hacks or anything that will allow them to maybe balance their life a bit better?
1: Yeah. Very simple. Um, number one, I start every day with as soon as I wake up. I actually, put it right next to my bed. Drinking water, water, not tea, not lemon in your water, not kombucha. Pure water, a good filtered water. Water is one of the most important things we could put into our body, and some people don't even do that. So. Um, and drinking water on an empty stomach. If you drink a lot of water for your food, you dilute your digestive functions. You can't digest. So drinking water, empty stomach, most important first thing in the morning, you wake up, that's when you're most hydrated. You're breathing all the water vapor out of your mouth all night long. So water, most important first thing in the morning and drinking water throughout the day. Number two is movement. And movement, I mean, natural movement. I mean, walking. A lot of people don't even walk. I see people get in a car, drive to the gym, do all these crazy CrossFit workouts <laughs> and run on the treadmill, get back in their car and drive home. They never walk. I always look back to anthropologically, what are we designed to do? What is the most common exercise for a human? It's walking. Okay. We need to walk every single day. Walking is an amazing medicine. Um, even Hippocrates, the father, the Greek father of medicine said, walking is a human's best medicine. So every single day I walk several miles, I'll have some water, I'll go for a walk. And just getting your body moving and without anything, your hands, so your arms could swing, your legs can move, your body can be free. It moves your circulation of your blood, also your lymphatics, your lymphatics, detoxification process for your body, also distributes your hormones through your body and actually get your acupuncture meridians going too. So it does everything for your body walking. Number two, most important thing. Number three, eat whole, fresh foods. And if you're confused about what that means, again, put yourself a hundred thousand years ago as hunters and gatherers, what would you be eating? Would it be an organic paleo almond peanut butter bar thing? No, it would not be, you know, eat real food, even if it is like superfood, organic, whatever, if it's pretty much packaged, it's probably not good for you, you know? So eating real whole foods, that's another very important thing. Um, Sleep, make sure that when you sleep at night, you're in total almost darkness, And don't be sitting there with your phone in front of your face all night long, or have the TV on while you're in bed, or have the TV on while you're sleeping, actually, or have lights on your room while you're sleeping. Then your pineal gland, which controls all your hormones in your body and cleans out your digestion, and also does so many other supernatural things to our body. If you have the lights on at night, it doesn't start working. It senses through your skin when there's daylight to know when to turn on and off. It only turns on when you're in, in darkness. Okay? So sleep with the lights. How many was that? Is that
0: four? That's four. That's four. We've been we've been spoiled. We've given okay. us four. <laughs> okay.
1: Number five, um, meditation is the best medication. Literally meditation could fix anything. Just meditating. If it's 10 minutes a day, that's it. Just meditation. And even you don't even have to sit. You could be walking and meditating. Once you learn how to do it, like once you've been sitting and you get that feeling, you know, when you're in that space, You could do it walking, going for a jog. You could do it in the car while you're driving, sitting in traffic. Just keep your eyes open. But you can (laughs) meditate. Meditating is just a state of being. You can get yourself back in that state of being. And then you're aware, your your nervous system calms down. You get into a parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. Um, So those are the five most important, just simple things people can do. And if everyone just did those, I'd be out of business and I'd go back
0: to art. (laughs) I love that. So it was uh, drinking water first thing in the morning. It was going for a walk, doing the exercises of walking. It was... um, it was meditation, it was sleep, and whole food. Those five things, um, it sounds so simple, but you got to start slowly, right? Start slowly and introduce them into your life and you'll see a shift.
1: Those five things are profound. If you start doing all those every single day, you will see things in your life just changing. You'll feel better. You'll look better. Like You'll have more of a glow to you. Everything will start changing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The best anti-aging follow those five things. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, look, Dr. Robert, we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast and I really appreciated all of the information you've shared with us today about, you know, our limiting beliefs, how we're able to overcome them and the power of our will. I love it. So before we end, are you able to give us um, an insight of, one or two of your natural health hacks that you may do every day i mean i guess one of them is probably drinking water and those things that you said but is there anything else that's like changed uh, your health and your success what would be that one health hack of yours ah uh, the
1: biggest thing i want to offer everybody it's it's a bigger kind of more generalistic concept, but you know, kind of a little bit what we talked about the emotional healing is is feeling. Make sure you're feeling what's happening to us every day. Too, we talked about with work and family and you know, um, relationship and like social media stuff and all that. All our energy and our focus attention is outside of us, so we don't know what's going on in here. Okay. If we would take a few minutes or just check in every once in a while during the day, like several times a day, how does our body feel? Can we feel our feet, our legs? Can we feel our heart? Do we feel our head? Do we feel ourselves breathing? Do we just feel ourselves? Do you feel your hands? Feeling back in your body will make you aware to so many things, unbelievably. And It's also um, individualistic, too, for men and women, because we have different power poles energetically in the body. Woman's power pole is where her um, sexual organs come out of her body is her breasts. If you would just focus and feel your breasts, I mean, just sit there and be aware of the feeling of them. If you ask most women, just sit there and ask them, do you feel any sensation in your breasts? They're like, No. I don't. We've been taught to cut that out. That's a bad thing. Don't look at that. And same thing with men with their genitalia. Can you feel that part of your body? Most men are like, no, I can't. If you would just put feeling back into those parts of your body and just be aware of them every day, it's going to bring a lot more power to you happiness-wise, energy-wise, and awareness of what's going on in my body and in my life. It's going to also make you more intuitive because this is where the intuition is it's in here so i say if you focus everything back in that's one of the most profound things i could actually tell people and you could figure out a lot more in life once you do that just automatically
0: yeah coming back to our body is absolutely key and you're right a lot of people go what my fingernails no i can't feel it and that's why they have also that test of putting a sultana in your mouth and just feeling it around and feeling the sultana it's like oh wow, is that, is that what it is? Is that what it means to actually feel food in your mouth and digest it? Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that about um, feeling, our, feeling our body and getting back into it and allows us to open up our intuition. Thank you so much, Dr. Robert, for today. Where will the audience be able to find you um, and also buy your book, Profoundly?
1: Um, my website is healprofoundly.com and my book can be found on amazon i have links on my website it's also on all the other major book distributors barnes and noble and all that and uh yeah it can be found on social media either heal profoundly or dr robert ciprian
0: beautiful thank you thank you so much for joining us on a natural health podcast and remember the missing link between failure and success is your health content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and is for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And in a Circumstances, Shelter Natural Podcast, Mahalo Ragus, any guests or contributors to the Natural Podcast, or any employees, associates or affiliates of Mahalo Ragus be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the Natural Podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Please note if you're taking prescription, do not stop your medication or start a new protocol including but clean limited unlimited supplements lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional. If you or any person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the Natural Podcast or in any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. Neither Mahala or nor the publisher of this context, takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in the educational content.